Hey, this is Mike, the fantasy hitman, right from the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. And you're listening to Glittergate, the podcast. Embrace the sparkle. Welcome to the official podcast of the Fantasy Football League, Glittergate. Embrace the sparkle. Introducing your hosts, Murphy Rule, Commissioner Birch, and Dr. Chad. Welcome into Glittergate, the podcast. I'm your host, Murphy, joined by my two friends and co-hosts. We've got Dr. Chad. It's good to be back. And we have Commissioner Birch. Hey. So we are checking in follow the week 10 slate of games, and we have a fully loaded episode this week, including our normal slate of topics and segments. Um, obviously, we missed last week, so I just want to give some special shout-outs and recognition to our week nine winners. Uh, we've got Corey, Mitch, Post, Birch, Tank, and Mike. Uh, so really congrats, Birch, because you're the one of the three of us that have got to win the week nine. Um so yeah, that covers that stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and scoot on into our matchup breakdowns. All right, we're going to start out with Murphy's football team versus Raging Dumpster Inferno. That's Murphy versus Brando, if you didn't know. Uh, Brandon's team has fallen on hard times once again. Um, that Jerry Judy injury early in the game landed him with a bagel and... Poor Brandon started the week off rough with Young Way Koo ending up with minus one coming out of the Thursday night game. Um, and despite a solid performance out of Trevor Lawrence and Josh Jacobs and some decent performances out of some unsung heroes like uh, Peoples Jones and Valdez Scantling both putting up over 10 points, wasn't quite enough to take down Murphy's football team. Justin Jefferson lifted him up, carried him pretty solid ways and then james connor said you know what i'll throw two touchdowns on the fire and carry it home for you it's got to be really nice to see james connor come out after such a long run on the injury list um stefan diggs of course did stefan diggs things even though he didn't get a touchdown he still found a way to put up 18.8 fantasy points which is just ridiculous yeah i mean on murphy's team that um crazy uh vikings and buffalo game just really really helped him out that was such a really that was just a great game um, yeah last night you know Devonte smith <coughs> was looking pretty quiet for most of the game but he was still able to put some up zach Ertz, we'll talk about that later for him um but you know on brandon's side you know trevor lawrence is still looking like a pretty serviceable quarterback on certain weeks his running back room is still pretty solid, but, you know, he did lose Jerry Judy, who is, I guess, his wide receiver one until uh, probably, what, about a week or so when Jamar Chase comes back. But Donovan Peoples-Jones is still look, he's becoming a really big part of that offense. And MBS had his week, which, you know, with that rotating clown car of receivers over there in uh, Kansas City, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, although – Although Brando's dumpster is, is burning hot right now, I mean, he's he's got the Golden Goose and Jamar Chase coming back in like a week or two, and he's still like right in the playoff hunt. So even though he had a rough week, I mean, and he's got Joe Burrow, who's like his main quarterback. Trevor was just a fill-in this week. Um, Brandon's team, he can survive without Judy. Um, he's just going to need really good performances from Jamar Chase. And if he gets in the playoffs, Chase can put up three or four good games in a row and just carry him. 
It's very interesting. I mean, Brandon had a bunch of people on by last week. Jacoby Myers has been pretty solid all year, so he'll be able to fill in and help fill that Judy role. And the Judy injury, they say, is day-to-day. I can't imagine he's going to play next week, though. The way that he went down, it being non-contact, I just can't see it happening. In, in Yahoo, he's projected for like 1.9 points. Yeah, I don't really see <laughs> Really? It. Yeah, I don't like, see him coming back for a couple weeks. I've never seen that before where, like, we all know he's not going to play, but I guess they got to put something in there and not a zero. Yeah. So they yeah. put up a tiny. Um, last thing, it's a bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to touch on it. Did you all see that post-game interview with Derek Carr? Yeah, he was in tears. It was so heartbreaking. I'm curious who he's boring. talking about because he said particularly that, like, not everybody in the locker room is, like, giving it their all or, like, is there day-to-day or some shit like that is kind of what he said in the beginning. I don't know if yeah. that got picked up at all, but I'm I'm very curious about who and like specific that he's referencing. I I don't I didn't hear that part. I just I he just seems so upset because he's lost like how many one score games? Like I think, like, like, yeah, I think he's like six or seven, <laughs> right? And they're one score games, and this man is just so heartbroken, well, I and I feel like, so bad for him. Did they not have like a ridiculously good record last year in like one score games? And they like, did, yeah. So exactly. like, this it's is just, just this opposite. is just falling to the mean. Like you're, you're yeah. you See, are who you are. They're going through what poor Kirk Cousins went through last year. Mm-hmm. Like the Minnesota Vikings were the the one score loss Kings last year, and it's just flipped over, and now it's the Raiders, and they just well, <sighs> it's rough. But so the Viking sad. the Vikings have flipped it around because they realized just throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, and he will lead you to glory, just like he did this week. That is true. Well, congratulations, Murphy's football team taking it down 114.04 over Raging Dumpster Inferno 95.26. Congrats. Yeah, good job, Murph. Woo! Me love cookie! All right, for our next matchup, we have Just Do It Dadu sitting at 3 and 7 up against Going Nuclear sitting at 6 and 4. Birch, manager of Going Nuclear, is able to pull this down at 131.38 versus Zach at 111.38. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, I just realized. 0.38, <laughs> that never happens. Right? Ooh, cool. Um, first, I want to talk about Zach. Zach, you know, uh, had a pretty respectable showing. Um, Tony Pollard had a really good game. Again, it's looking like, you know, He's definitely a key part of that offense, as we all kind of predicted going in here. Um, unfortunately, Zach's, you know, reliable Jets defense had the bye week, so he had to plug in and play with the Steelers defense, who, you know, did really well up against New Orleans. Um, his running back room, besides Tony Pollard, you know, decent. Najee Harris almost had 10 points, while Nick Chubb, not as great as he usually is. Um, and with his wide receivers, A.J. Brown – yeah, pretty gross. And even Jalen Waddle with 8.6, not ideal for him. Now, over on Birch's side of the ball, though, with the probably the waiver wire ad of the year, in my opinion, Justin Fields coming up with almost 40 points. And not only that, another ad from the waiver, Cole Komet, that stack giving a combined total of 60 points that one birch this week hands down 100 percent. because everywhere else on birch's team it's not looking great his stud derrick henry 7.7 chuba 
We're not even going to talk about Chuba. But Brian Robinson, though, he got himself a touchdown. And DeAndre Hopkins is still DeAndre Hopkins. Overall, Birch's team looked fine, but his waiver wire pickups saved him during his really difficult bye week without Lamar. And Mark Andrews, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just nice ads, Birch, the, yeah. with, with Fields and Komet. I mean... The Bears' offense finally is is throwing the ball and obviously running the ball a lot more with Fields, but yeah, you 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 hit it this big this week. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two weeks ago, I was hovering over Justin Fields' name as an ad, but I was like, man, do I want to drop Brady or Cousins? Brady. Or Cousins? <laughs> well, Neither. option C. <laughs> so I was pretty kicking myself pretty hard. <laughs> you you are your own worst. It, I'm my know. own. <laughs> yeah, I just I got lucky and was playing in a hit, and I knew Lamar's bye week was coming up. So two weeks ago, I looked and said, "Who plays the Lions on Lamar's bye week?" And it just so happened to be Justin Fields. So <laughs> I snagged him two weeks ago and held him and. Then he blew up. He had already had two 20-plus point weeks in a row, and I was not expecting him to do what he did this week. I'm mm-hmm. 39.38 was incredible. Yeah, And <clears throat> so, it's just the football is crazy. He looks like Lamar the year that Lamar went crazy. That was what I was about to say. So I think we can all three of us agree that Justin Fields is clearly in QB1 territory now. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. I mean, I QB four already. Yeah, he, yeah. I, I figured he was gonna make it. I've got him in, my, in superflex. He's my second QB in superflex. Him and Josh Allen. So mm, that's disgusting. I mean, yeah, I, I, I took him because I figured this was in the cards where he finally just kind of ran the fuck out of the ball and then just kind of figured it out the rest. Out. I mean, he's so, he's talented. So I figured. This so was having, sorry, keep going. Man. That's it. So having said that, my main question about Justin Fields is, where does he go next year during the draft? Second round. Second round? Really? You think second round? Okay, so so he's QB what off the board? One. I wouldn't put him. Really? No. I'm not saying I'm doing it. I don't think somebody in our group will do that. You think you? Well, I don't think Mitchell is going to take a. He'd be the one I think that might jump on it just because it's an Ohio State product. But I don't. I don't. I I, mean, there are other key. Like I would still prefer Josh Allen. I would still prefer Patrick Mahomes. I would take Jalen Hurts. I would still prefer Jalen Hurts. When we start talking about Lamar or him, that's where I think the conversation gets more interesting. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. he falls in that Lamar Kyler range. Yeah. Where it's like four through like six, seven, like somewhere around I, there. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's exactly right. But QB one, that's that's a stretch. For I me. mean, he's got weapons now, so I, I and they've always been able <laughs> I, they'll, to. They'll get always, some next they've year always too. been able to run the ball. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not shocked. I mean, it's I'm just the only thing I'm surprised about is that it took ten weeks for them to figure out that like, hey, this guy's our best player on the field. We should just kind of let him do what the fuck he wants to do instead of like mm-hmm. babying him. Yeah, I don't know what clicked along the way, it was but like four, it, was it was like four, it was like four weeks ago, yeah, like out of nowhere, weeks. something happened, and they were like, "Oh, we need to do and this." The thing is, like, even in even in week one, I think when they beat, I think it was when they beat Green Bay, like that was a shitty game, but they were at their best when they just kind of let him just run the fuck around and just figure it kind of out. Well, they 
they've opened up the passing game a little bit more, and I think that's kind of been the difference. They started letting him throw the ball more, and teams haven't been able to go, oh, let's stack the box, let's stack the box, because now he'll take off rolling around the end, pull up, and dump it over top of him to somebody. I wonder if it's killing I wonder if it's the trade, too. That's one of the reasons why they went after Claypool is because they wanted someone who could kind of stretch the field a little bit more. Yeah, just to, I just want to bring this up, and then I kind of want to move on to the other matchups. But this is just his rushing line starting out was 28, 20, 47, 52, 47, 88, 82, 60, 178, 147. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, after the basically after the Minnesota game, they were just like. Just fucking run. Just see what you can I'm do. I'm curious. Man. I'm curious if you just let him be just like a running back. Like if you take like all of his passing stats away, like where he would rank in like the league's top running backs. Because I bet he's like a RB like twenty, like probably in the top thirty running back at least. And even then, his With those rushing passing ends, game, his passing game has still been so on point. I bet he's in the top twenty. Top twenty, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I just, I threw thirty out there because I feel very confident he's there. But I'm just curious what he would be just with his rushing lines. Because I, I think because of the touchdowns, I think, like e- even if you took his passing touchdowns away, his rushing touchdowns are more than most yeah, that's, of your running. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like just using just his rushing lines, where would he? Yeah. Rank, where would he rank as a running back? Maybe, maybe uh, we can if we can figure that out in our free time on how to do it. I don't know. Yeah. All um, right, this uh, is a Justin Fields podcast. So yeah, nice, nice congratulations, yeah, nice job. On yeah, on liter- and winning the match and winning Justin Fields, good for you. Have fun trying to sell him off for as much as you possibly can. Uh, I've toyed with the idea of just keeping them both and playing matchups. That's not bad. Well, either way, that's fucking crazy that you're going to – again, uh, let's move just on. Congrats. Crazy that, like, I'm playing Jackson or Fields. <laughs> congrats, Birch. Nice job. Gorge. <laughs> So next up, we've got just the two of us matching up with hashtag I'm still trying, aka that's Corey matching up with Dehan. Uh, Baby Hand took this one with a final score of 128.56 to 98.7. Um, this week, Daniel got another week of solid performances from Saquon Barkley, um, who's interestingly enough running back four on the year. I honestly thought he was higher. Uh, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, and surprisingly healthy Josh Allen all put up solid performances and gave him, I think, over 15 points at least on each one of them. Um, also, much to Mitch's, Mitch's surprise, uh, he got a good week out of Tyler Higby getting eight catches and 73 yards, and that's probably going to continue um, just because the Rams need pass catchers. Um, Corey had a great week from Tua, Tyler Bass, and Aaron Jones, but for the most part, he had disappointing weeks from the rest of his team. Uh, with the loss, Corey falls to 5-5 five and five on the season and now sits alone at the 7 seed. With the win, Dehan moves up to 6-4, and four, and we now have a three-team tie in fourth place, but he does hold the tiebreaker uh, with the most points forced on the season. Um, so yeah, Dehan sitting in fourth, Corey sitting in seventh, and Dehan getting a much-needed win. Right. This game, I just love how as soon as Corey moved away from... Russell Wilson, like his season just got better. <laughs> Not counting this game, of course, but Aaron Jones had a really good week for Corey as well. Um, and kind of everybody everybody else just kind of, you know, performed. They did kind of where you would predict them to be. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, excuse me. Um, Dehan's team is still looking really solid. You know, 
We just had week 10, and he's still doing pretty well. Josh Allen had a very kind of lackluster game, but the dude played through a UCL, so good on him. Saquon and Devontae are playing like the position you drafted of them, and he's still getting really good performances out of um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I also love how Higby is, you know, doing well, and I think he's actually going to get more looks now because of something we'll talk about a little bit later concerning the Cooper Cup. The one interesting piece of all of this is usually DeHan's leading scorer is usually Josh Allen. Josh Allen's been amazing all year. My question is, is with this 19.6, do you think the elbow played into that? Or how much did the elbow play into that? I mean, he threw two interceptions. He doesn't do that often. No, he's he's had a couple picks the last few weeks. He's played a little, I guess, just more careless. But... I think early in the, earlier in the game, you could I sensed that it was definitely an issue because I think Singletary got the first two TDs of the game, um, and they were very mm-hmm. run heavy. And then I think once once they saw Minnesota starting to put points on the board, they realized they had to throw the ball more. And I I think he had more of a presence the rest of the game. But makes sense. I, I, he's I think he's limited by it. I don't think I don't think he can chuck the ball seventy or eighty yards like he like he usually could straight over the no, straight over the mountains. Because it was a long shot, not a long shot, but. It was looking like he wasn't going to play this week anyway, but he still got out there and played. So, yeah, I would definitely say that the injury had something to, you know, it was probably holding him back, but it was a hell of a game for him to be held back in. All in all, though, Corey, you had a pretty decent run, but Dehan just had a little bit more in the tank this week. But, yeah, Chad Chad brought it up to a, definitely a much better play for you the rest of the season than – Russell Wilson, that's that's for sure. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Well, congrats on the win, Dehan. Enjoy another week of trying. Oodle-lally, oodle-lally, Dehan had a day. Next up, we have hashtag I'm still tilting versus Tweezy BBC times three. Uh, Tweezy BBC times three came into this week sitting in first place. Um, but Mitch came to play. Uh, Jalen Hurts put up a solid 21.8, had a really good night. Gabe Davis came out to play. He had six catches for 93 yards, not his typical three for 160. Um, Travis Kelsey did Travis Kelsey things, and Mitch is out here making me look foolish, trading away Jeff Wilson for (laughs) Shuba I feel dumb, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Tweezy got a really good showing out of Pat Mahomes, putting up 31.14. And Singletary pulled in two touchdowns and got him 15.2, but the rest of his team just kind of played lackluster. Poor Juju got hurt. I don't know when he'll be coming back. That looked really ugly. Um, and Debo just hasn't been the Debo of old. Mike's team's still pretty decent and should have a bounce back week coming into next week. But this week, just it went to Mitch. He had a much better showing. I love that you just said Mike T's team is is decent because I would agree his team is just decent. I don't know how he's seven and three, but he's seven and three. I I really like. I'm just looking at his team and like outside of Patrick Mahomes. And really, Alvin Kamara, and I guess Debo, Alvin Kamara. and I guess Debo. Like those are the, those are the three players that really frighten me. And Michael Carter, 
Mike Williams when he's healthy. Mike Williams hasn't been healthy all year, though. Like, none of these players scare me. And, I mean, Debo, actually, like, Debo has not been forced. No, Debo's been underperforming as well. So, yeah, I mean, Mike T's having a hell of a season, considering, like, considering those factors. Um, he's getting a matchup dream. I don't know, but, yeah. He, he beat me. He beat me. Fair and square. He beat me. Fair and square. He beat me. Yeah. Um, yeah. He beat all three of us. He beat all three of us, so there's not much shit. Really, TJ Hawkinson just beat me. <laughs> yes, um, he did. He, he put up a lot of points that day. Yeah. Mitch's team, you know, is still really solid, which because yeah. uh, he drafted right after right before me, but that's the way it is. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is still... Made a very solid argument that he could be the, you know, if, if he could be the QB one next year, depending on how the rest of the season goes. Tyreek Hill, still a beast. Even this week, he was lackluster, but still a beast. And then, yeah, Jeff Wilson. My name is Jeff. <laughs> Apparently, he's really happy in Miami. Apparently. <laughs> Why couldn't he have gone there before I? got the idea to trade him because he was a useless backup to CMC. Well, you should have waited until after the trade deadline, like four days later. And I really should. I guess I learned my lesson. So did you Did you immediately regret that? Like, after, like, like after he got traded to Miami? Like, were you, like, Oh, the I moment he was traded to Miami, I went, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I was like, he has value again. I wasn't expecting it to be this kind of value. This but I knew that he would have more value there than he did in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, he's basically going to be splitting carries, apparently. That's Which weird. is very interesting. I think they're just trying to that keep him. That was incredibly I think, weird. I think they're just trying to keep him fresh. You know, it's only I one think, game. It's only one yeah. game, so we'll see how the rest of the pattern breaks out. But that was very odd. That it was almost a 50-50 split. Like, McCaffrey did. signed for a while, too, so I think that that's, this is just their way of trying to protect their <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, They want to... Shanahan wants to run the ball. He's always wanted to run the ball. And if he's got them both, he can use them both. And it's a neat little one-two punch he's got. Yep. But, yeah, nice nice job, Mitchell. I, Your team's looking good. Congrats on the win. Yeah, we got Enjoy your train. All right, next on the list, we've got my own worst ET enemy versus Daniel postseason. Um, that is Chad taking on Post. Uh, Post took this week's matchup with a final score of 124.2 to 99.2. Um, 99.92. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Yep, you you get those extra points. Give me my point seven points. Point seven points. <laughs> Do with it what you will. Um, it, my opinion uh, seems that Post may have won the trade uh, that he made with Chad a couple weeks ago. Um, just based off this week's performances alone, uh, Post got just short of 60 points. Uh, you were just praising Birch about five minutes ago, uh, maybe like 15 minutes ago at this point, about his his combo and stack. Uh, CeeDee Lamb and Christian Kirk go off. Um, meanwhile, Chad gets a combined 8.8 points out of Darren Waller and Travis Etienne this week. Um yeah, just just rough, but nice job. Uh, Chad had a few worthwhile performances, mainly uh, his number one pick, uh, finally looking like a number one pick, um, thanks to a new coach. Uh, but he also got a good week from Chris Godwin overseas in Germany. I guess he just has to hop on a plane and go very long distances to, to look good. 
Um, but with the win, Post moves up to a three-way tie for first place, but sits in second place overall with the tiebreaker. And with the loss, Chad moves dangerously close to Sacco territory, as he is now in a four-way tie for ninth place. But due to the tiebreaker points, he is currently in last place. That's right. Yeah, um, it was very frustrating having ETN have one of his worst games of the season, Darren Waller being placed on IR, and then CeeDee Lamb and Christian Kirk both have the best games of their season. And I think this was CeeDee Lamb's best game of his career. Of his career. Of his career. Actually, um, the week that they play me because, uh, you know, fuck me. Um, yeah, it was super frustrating. I really have nothing left to say. Jonathan Taylor did something, which is really great. Is that going to maintain? I don't know. Um, but it was very, this was a very, very frustrating fucking week. Can you just do the guitar as, riff from the song real quick? As soon as Thursday, as soon as Thursday's game with DJ Moore, just 4.9 points, I was like, I'm going to lose again. I can already tell. I'm tilting like Mitch. Oh, oh ain't nobody going to tilt like Mitch. Ain't nobody going to tilt like Mitch. But yeah, this was just, yeah, whatever. whatever. Uh, unfortunately, your CMC didn't do CMC thing. Taysom Hill with his point one. Yeah. I mean, I needed a I, – I mean, I knew going up against Post um, this week with Ramondre Stevenson and T. Higgins out, I needed a long shot, and I was like, maybe. Maybe he can have a great game, especially with Mark Ingram out, and they're going up against the Steelers. Maybe he can have a, good, a really good game. He, he did not have a good game. No. It was not your best showing, but there's another game next week. The worst part is I could have beaten, what, like four people? I could have beaten four other people if, uh, you know, yeah, sure. Okay, well, on to the next week. Congrats on the win post. Chad, do better. Oh, thanks, Murphy. Yeah. I'm going to fucking rate you next week. I'm not. What a threat. What a threat. All right, and last but certainly not least, we have our matchup of the week. For week 10, we have Baby Got Dak run by Tangles against Pitter Patter run by Trey. Pitter Patter was able to take this down with a final score of 106.98 versus 103.28. So heartbreaking, Tank. Um, surprisingly... Trey made the decision to put in Jacoby Brissett over Justin Herbert. We'll talk about that later. Dalvin Cook having a great game, again, in that Buffalo and uh, Minnesota game. Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts, however, not having a great showing out on Thursday. But on Thursday, we had his lone star of Deontay Foreman, who was shown to really just take over that backfield over in Carolina. <clears throat> But, you know, Tank's team, they still had really pretty solid uh, performances from Dak and from Raheem Mostert over in Miami. It's looking like, you know, they can basically take care of two wide receivers and two running backs over there in Miami. So that's a very, just really high-powered offense. Terry McLaurin had a really good game, as did Rondell Moore with an average showing. But Trey was just able to pull this one out. He knew what he was doing, and unfortunately, he did it. 
I mean, Dalvin Cook is I – he looked like the old Dalvin Cook this week, which is interesting because he's been kind of up and down over the last few weeks. And, I mean, he's been steady all year. He is the running back nine, but you didn't draft him to be the running back nine. Mm-hmm. This week he played more like a running back four or running back three. Um, Allen Robinson's going to be interesting moving forward with the Cooper Cup injury. IU continues to look like the favorite target of Jimmy Garoppolo. They just don't really ever throw the ball. Mm-hmm. What's funny, though, is the namesake for Trey's team, pitter-patter. Very faint pitter-patter. Allie's a whopping 9.7 points between the two of them this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Those footsteps are so tank, faint. You can barely tank hear put them. up a solid showing, but, I mean, it was just Deontay Foreman and Dalvin Cook basically carried Trey's team to the victory on this one. Um, what's interesting to me, uh, he had top 24 on the season running back on his bench, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, that man had zero points, complete donut, zero calorie or zero carries, and like I think like two targets. That is an ultimate bagel. Basically totally phased out of that offense. Yeah, it's Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, it's, what a bust. What a bust. That man was a first-round overall running back. He was on that stack. He was on Tony stacked, had more rush attempts. That stacked LSU team, and he is just completely gone. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but, yeah, nice job, Trey. Uh, congrats on the win. Well-earned. It was a close matchup. Um, Tank, I just feel for you, buddy. Uh, you're just in injury hell <sighs> as a whole team this, this whole season. Um, I it started. You it, may, it, it, it you literally started week zero. You could argue, ever. week zero. He had James Robinson coming off the Achilles. It was literally actually he traded for James Robinson, so he didn't have him week zero. But yeah, DeAndre Swift. I think early week one, week two. Dak Prescott definitely went down week one. Now he's got Cooper Cup. He's got Goddard banged up. Swift is barely healthy. Herbert's back on the IR. His team's just in rough shape. Like I, that is just bad luck. And not even that's not even including Keenan Allen, who's literally been a waste of space just crazy thank you first too god uh you may, he may have the most injured team of all time yeah i know in terms history I, it's I, gonna be up there i know mitch tracks that after like the last couple seasons so i'll be very curious where it ranks at the end of the season mitch can share his weird stats but nice job trey congrats on the win you i believe climbed <laughs> up to to playoff territory so keep up the good work i suppose And now it's time for your move of the week. And now it's time for our dough of the week. This week's dough goes to our fearless commissioner, Justin Birch. Uh, It's really tough to give someone the dough when they win, but you guys made it difficult this week. We could give it to the whole league, but we decided to give it to Birch just because he scored a lot of points, but he could have scored more had he started Kadarius Tony or Drake London. He probably would have been on that high score list. So, congrats on the dough, Birch, I guess. Yeah, I mean, oh. not much of a dough, but wear it with shame. It's kind of I like guess. a meh. It's a meh. Sucks to meet me. <laughs> All right, and we will now cover the O oh, or woohoo of the week. Yeah, for this week's of the week, we 
Trey gets another O of the week, apparently. Um, magically, not magically, he, me and him were actually talking about this the other day when we were playing Overwatch. He was actually discussing if he thought it was a good idea to play Justin Herbert over Jacoby Brissett. And he was like, I went over, and I was like, uh, not I went over, and he said, you know what, and I just made the decisions. Like, I'm going to play Brissett over Herbert, and he did it. And it somehow worked out for him. It actually got in just enough points, literally just enough points. It was 12.04 from Herbert and 16.5 from Brissett to give him that edge that took down Tank. So, I mean, honestly, the reason you won, Dre, is because Cooper Cup got hurt. Let's just make that clear. But you made a big brain move that got you the win. So we will give you that. So, Trey, you get the... Uh, ooh, or O. Nice job. Nice job. All right. Well, that covers our Do and O of the week. That's going to move us on over to our news, notes, and noteworthy transactions. Um, starting off, we have some team name changes, and we have a couple to cover just because we are two weeks, so that means we, are, we have at least two just because we know Mitch is going to change his name twice. Um, but starting off, we had Chad change his team name to reflect an amazing 90s song by Lit, and also to reflect that he is, in fact, in his own way, updating his team name to my own worst, Etienne. Mitchell? Etienne. Why do you have a problem with that? I don't know, man. I don't know. You give me names. I struggle his with His name both. is Travis Etienne. Etienne. Right. Etienne. Etienne. It's not Etienne. It's Etienne. Etienne. <laughs> like is like is is that not the name of your team? What is it? But you're saying you're saying it weird. It's ETN, not ETN. Okay. It's like ET phone home, not it. Okay, Steven Spielberg. Um, <laughs> moving on, we had Mitch update his team name to hashtag I'm still tilting. Um, following up by Brando. Updating his team name to Raging Dumpster Inferno. He's clearly trending down from a dumpster fire or up. I guess I guess the fire is is moving higher in terms of just ferocity. Um, yeah, where's Brandon when you need to put it on a fire? Yeah, right? I'm about to say, <laughs> as a firefighter, I suppose bigger fire means bad. Yeah, I'd, I'd assume, but maybe like maybe he's gonna rise to the challenge. He's like, I've I've done worse than this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the dumpster fire. I've seen houses on fire. I mean, he did just kind of beat cancer so so yeah he can totally so, rectify this then he can beat it all um and last but not least in terms of team names uh mitch updated his team name again to grab his tilt and twist it yeah you are the worst i concur um trades there were no trades to report on the last two weeks but i believe we're coming close to the trade there's no trade deadline in this in this league is there that's right no. that's right no. Just didn't we do a mandated you can't trade in the playoffs? No, no, that's what I was about to say. You cannot trade um, within the context of the playoffs. I don't remember if we specifically said it's like if you are out of contention for anything, you can't trade. Um, I don't remember. I think it was a hard cutoff for when the playoffs start, trades are done. Yep. I think so. Because some of y'all can't be trusted. can't yeah, be trusted. You can't. And it's 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 who you think it is. 
if, if anybody's forgotten and they're listening and they're wondering like, oh, who were those teams? Yeah, it's who it's the two teams that you would think would do something like well, that. Well, in all fairness, it was four teams who did this. Let's just not shit on those two. We both know the other two also did it as well. <laughs> yeah, but they did it just kind of just just to just to do it. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on, we had some ads and waivers to cover the last couple weeks. Um, Chad added the greatest tight end QB running back to ever play the game, if you ask Trey. Uh, that's Taysom Hill. Um, he started him this week due to his tight end emergency situation, and that did not end pretty, as we've already covered. Um, Mike added the clear pass-catching back for the Chiefs, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Post added the new tight end for the Raiders, uh, now that Waller is on the IR, Foster Moreau. Um, I know it said it earlier, but I really think that Post won that trade with Chad. Uh, sorry, Sunshine. You said two weeks ago, you flip-floppy bitch. I, I did, but yeah, things have turned. I didn't expect C.D. Lamb to put a career game on the field uh, at any point in time, uh, yeah, much less the fact that it was against you. It, it just It's rough. Um, post-carousel of QBs continued this week. He added Jimmy G for his last week's matchup. Uh, did you guys know that he's 10-2 and on his career like as a, as a player when he throws zero touchdowns in a game? That's stupid. I hate that's, that that's like oddly stupid, but it... That, they're better when he's worse. He's so um, pretty. Other other transactions we had Birch drop Hunter Renfro to waivers after he hit, after he hit IR. Uh, Birch also added Cole Komet and Justin Fields from waivers uh, just prior to both their stocks really going through the roof. Um, lots of other transactions over the last two weeks, but most of them are lesser players and or defenses and kickers. So I won't cover all those. But what I will do is pass it over to Doctor Sunshine for our injury update. <laughs> Now it's time for our in-house medical specialist, the esteemed Dr. Professor Charles Hamilton Perry. I think he's a doctor, maybe not a medical doctor. Okay, guys, so we have a few but very major um things that we got to touch on this week. I'll be kind of brief because my voice is still kind of leaving me. Um, in the <coughs> Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears games, we had uh, Khalil Herbert. He left the game with a hip injury. It has been uh, confirmed that he's going to be placed on IR, so his stock has gone down while David Montgomery has gone up. Um, in the Jacksonville and Kansas City game, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a pretty bad head injury, um, and he's definitely going to enter the concussion protocol. Don't know what's going to happen after because it was pretty scary. Um, with the Denver Broncos and the Tennessee Titans game, we had what might have been a pretty bad ankle injury with Jerry Judy. Um, I still haven't heard any updates of you guys about his situation. Um, there's, I mean, I, there. What I'm reading here is that it was uh, consistent with the torn Achilles, but I don't think it was that bad. Actually. No, they they haven't listed as day to day. Yeah, um, which, you know, to me, that sounds like probably a couple weeks at least. Um, I don't think it's going to be day-to-day. Um, during the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams, we had two big uh, fantasy uh, superstars this year kind of go down. Uh, Zach Ertz was unfortunately carted off with an apparent knee injury in the first quarter. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be out for at least the remainder of the fantasy season, uh, if not the rest of the NFL season. And Cooper Cup 
uh, had a pretty bad ankle injury that just caught up to him after the past couple of weeks. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, injured reserve type of deal, according to McVeigh, but oh. it's probably going to oh. be a couple of weeks. He's, he's on IR. Did they put him on IR? They put him on IR. He's okay. having, he's well, having surgery. Well, I am sorry, Tank. That's terrible for you. Um, last thing that I just wanted to touch on was with um, Lenny Fournette. He um, appeared to... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, Lenny Fournette uh, left the Seahawks game um, early Sunday morning with a hit pointer injury and did not return. Um, they are still keeping his... Uh, situation on and everything they have by this week so we'll see how he feels after a couple weeks but Rashad White though he appears to be the next man up so that is going to be your injury update for the week nice unless you guys have any you guys have any more else you need to add or want to elaborate on uh just going back to Cooper Cup I think <laughs> I think he's going to be done for the year the, you think he's done for the year? I think he's going to be done for the year. I mean, he's he's out at least the next four weeks, and the Rams don't seem to be very good, and they don't really seem to be in it. So if they're not good and in it, I don't think McVay's going to rush him back. Yeah. Went from Super Bowl champs to not that. But, I mean, maybe Allen Robinson and Tyler Hibby's stock can rise from this. So. Yeah. We shall see. All right. Well, that covers Chad's injury segment with Dr. <coughs> Sunshine. Thank you for your medical expertise. Not a physician. What'd you do? Okay, first you gotta get like 50 candles, right? Mm-hmm. You spread them all over the room with some rose petals. That's right, because the roses are beautiful and they make the room smell amazing. Like a meadow in springtime. Mm. What are you guys talking about? Nothing, guy talk. Yeah, bitches and hoes. Now for this week's group chat moment of the week. We're going to talk about something that's come up in the group chat. It came up over the course of the last two weeks, and it came up last year, the year before. But uh, it's the great holiday debate. What holiday is the best holiday? It's Thanksgiving. I mean, you asked this? It's Thanksgiving. Uh, I think it really depends on, like, the timeline of your life. If you were to ask me in college, Halloween, no doubt. But now, in my older age, with my kid and my family that I have made, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm digging Christmas. See, I was a big fan of Christmas as a kid, like when I was younger, like getting a bunch of presents, Santa, that whole sh- that whole pizzazz and, and bullshit. Um, in college, definitely, Halloween was the front runner. Um, mm-hmm. As I've gotten a little bit older, I think Thanksgiving has just turned its way, it's just it's all the benefits to me and all the good stuff of Christmas without like the, the added stress. Like there's no need to do decorations. There's no need to pre- to buy presents and think about all that shit and deal with all that stuff. And it's literally just relaxing good food with your family and close friends and enjoying the holiday, which I think is really dope. Um, honorable mention for me goes to Memorial day just cause it's like the unofficial like start of like summer. And if you can do Memorial day or 4th of July, like on a lake and do it right. Like with a bunch of friends, that's fun too. Like we've we've done that before, and that's that's a good time. I agree. I love the summer holidays. Um, I big fan of Thanksgiving. I mean, you get a real solid meal, and if you do it as a lunch, you get it. Then you get to watch football afterwards. 
the, the rest of the day. It's pretty choice. Um, the leftovers, too. Uh, I didn't touch on that. Oh, yeah. No, the leftovers are amazing. But, I mean, I loved Christmas as a kid. That was always my favorite. But as you get older and you're the one paying for the presents, it gets... <laughs> it, it loses a little bit of its luster. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a little less out of pocket and a little more fun overall at that point. But I really love me some Fourth of July. <laughs> I like, like holidays. They're fun. I feel like I just have a different, like I'm the exact, when I was a kid, Christmas was terrible because my mom and my dad would like argue over whose house I would go to and they did uh-huh. the same for Thanksgiving. So now that I'm older, it's like, I don't have to fucking do that. I can make my own choices because I'm a big boy. So. Congrats on your big boy pants. Exactly. I have a house. Are you you hosting Thanksgiving and Christmas this year? Or are you just going to your dad's house? What are you doing? I mean, no, we're going to do presents. But then, like, so we're basically going to have just, like, Rose's presents. And then, like, a couple for me and Allie. And then and let her open them in the morning. And then we're going to walk across the street to my parents' house who have, like, we're going to do, like, the sea of presents for everybody else. It's pretty nice, actually, just walking across the street, too. It's, it sounds like a shitty episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. No, it sounds, um, like, it sounds like the series Everybody Loves Raymond. It sounds like every episode. <laughs> it sounds like the series Everybody Loves Raymond, but it's not that bad. It's, I'm sure it's got its perks to it. Um, our closest family members are like 45 minutes away, so they're not as easily ready to babysit. They also just moved in, too, so. Yeah. I, I bet it's a little bit more convenient, so I'm a little envious. It definitely is convenient. I love you guys, but it's very convenient having family, both sides of the family, very close. Well, you know, no, I completely understand. I mean, Rosie's eight minutes away. <laughs> I am. So, not across the street. I don't know if I could do across the street. That. That's a, that's a little too that's close. A little too, like, I'm just going to pop in whenever I want. I need you just far enough away that if you're going to come over, you're going to call before so you don't feel like you're sneaking up on us. I guess it also depends on like the type of people. Like, I could not stay with my mother near me at all. That would be horrible. My stepmom, really easy. My dad, he could do better. <laughs> 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 all right well that covers it for this week i think we have gone into holidays and gone off the whaling enough and we've kept this episode pretty short so i'm proud of us for covering two weeks this week i'm glad to have all of our listeners back and i look forward to doing it all again next week fellas do you, do you have anything else to add yep one last thing unfortunately little jordan humphrey got cut by the patriots Ooh. so did he know and Eno got cut, but yeah, but Eno Jordan. got signed. Eno got signed. Yeah, he already got signed to the, the Texans. Well, good luck, everybody, in week 11 coming up next week. As always, this is the three of us signing off and telling y'all to embrace the sparkle. Happy week 11, everybody. Good luck, everyone. To play fantasy football Win or lose Some will always talk smack Despite losing a week Or an injury tweak We come back Sometimes matchups Will fall in your favor 
But that's certainly out of the norm. But still, dues must be paid, so must now seek a trade to perform. Gonna go make some moves, check the lottery tool, do the research on me, don't get played like a fool. Cause after this week, there's no time for losing. Winning is paramount now. No players on the wire for my choosing. Five weeks are killing me now. I have only five weeks now to turn this shit around. The Reds I'll be playing for this year's cycle crown. It's now the time my studs started rolling before the season gets too late. If I could just win this week, that would be great. I need a new team. Mine won't stop failing. Should I keep dreaming that my team will rebound and that I will win out? Cause after this week I've gotta be winning. Can't afford to lose anymore now. Yeah. Look at this hole that I have been digging. Actually I may be fucked. We've got less than five weeks now. The season is ending. Will I make the playoffs or be second trending? Just think of all I could have done different If I knew then what I know now Man, I wish I could go back to that fateful day Set a whole different team, press a whole different face That's just a pipe dream, my friend This is the end The sack goes completely in play As of today